This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. I'm Dave Brown. It's Monday, January the 23rd, 2023. Coming up in the second hour of the show, Apple is reportedly working on a cheaper augmented and virtual reality headset. Marco Flala will plug you in with those details and we'll engage in some other Apple reckless speculation. That's always a fun way to start your week. But let's start the hour with the regional news update. Starting in British Columbia, Mounties in Coquitlam have created a buy-and-sell exchange zone outside their main detachment. Police say the goal is to provide, provide a safe place for people to complete transactions that started online. While police say the area will not be actively monitored, it serves as a high-visibility area for face-to-face transactions where people have easy access to police assistance if they need it. The Mounties are recommending the public utilize this buy-and-sell exchange zone during business hours, which are 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. on Monday to Friday. Gotta say... That's a really good idea. Over to the prairies, a growing number of of wolf sightings have been taking place in the L'Orange area of northern Saskatchewan. The Ministry of Environment is not taking action, but conservation authorities are aware of the posts and sightings of the wolves on the fringes of the neighborhood. Wildlife biologist Matthew Torek says wolves tend to avoid people, but like bears, can get used to human food sources. Tokorik says don't approach a wolf if you see one. That's good advice. But if one approaches you, keep eye contact, stand tall, and look for an open area. Over to Ontario, Hydro One is launching a 150,000-pound tunnel boring machine today to build a new tunnel under Toronto's downtown core. The provincial utility says it's launching the Celtic Tiger tunnel boring machine this afternoon. The Celtic Tiger will spend a year boring a 2.5-kilometer tunnel. The new tunnel will house transmission cables for several key institutions like Hospital Row, City Hall, and the Financial District. And over to the Atlantic, Kim Thistle was just mentioning this, that Newfoundland and Labrador is digging out. Well, much of the Maritimes is in for a nasty mix of snow and rain over the next day. Environment Canada says Nova Scotia's north coast will be hit with up to 25 centimetres of snow, while the southern coast could see up to 40 millimetres of rain. The east coast of New Brunswick could get up to 25 centimetres of snow, and Prince Edward Island will see between 10 and 25 centimetres of snow. Okay, you heard me mention this story out of the prairies of these wolf spottings. I want to bring in Alex Smythe and Brock Richardson for a quick question. Brock, I'm starting with you. In this scenario, I am guaranteeing your safety. You will be safe no matter what happens here. What is the lethal animal that you would want to snuggle with? Wolf, bear, lion, tiger, shark? What do you want to snuggle with, Brock? Well, you're right. That did surprise me, that question. Um, probably a tiger. If I if I was guaranteed safety, probably a tiger because they are the closest thing to a cat that you can get, and I love me a cat. So. I, I I can only imagine what it feels like if a, ti- if a tiger is purring while you're scratching it. I mean, that's got to feel so cool. You'd think. You would think. <laughs> Alex Smythe, same question. I'm guaranteeing oh. your safety. What is the lethal animal you want to snuggle with? I, I mean, so I've been up close to to some wolves, uh, getting to do some of those animal classes. They're they're awesome, you know. They're they're so close to dogs that you just want to snuggle out. But I, I think I would go a bit more exotic. Part of me wants to say polar bear because they're just so big and white and fluffy. Mm-hmm. But the one that really always like gets my attention that I just want to curl up with is a a snow leopard because they're just so beautiful. The fur is so fluffy. The paws are so big. Oh, yeah, I would just, like, wrap my arms around them. You mentioned bear. The expression bear hug comes comes for a reason. It exists for a reason. I know if I was being eaten alive by a bear, I would for sure sneak some pets in before it finished me off. Like, I want to snuggle with a bear. That would be awesome. But I like both your answers. You guys both had it good. Okay, Alex, you go hang out and wait for us to bring you in on the weather. Brock, you stay right there because it's time for a sports chat. 
Brock, before we get to an NFL recap, why don't we start with what was the biggest story out of the hockey world all weekend? The Vancouver Canucks finally dropping the axe and firing their coach, Bruce Boudreaux, but not before essentially torturing the men for two weeks. Yeah, um, I don't think this comes as a surprise to anyone. I think that if you really pinned us and you said what's going to happen, this is the answer. I think we all expected uh, Rick Tockett to be named uh, after Bruce led the team to an 18-25 and record this season. For me, Dave, I think what bothers me is how this was handled. What bothers me is you, you watched Bruce Boudreau for about two weeks and you thought to yourself, man, if that's not a sitting duck, I don't know what is. It was awful to watch. Bruce Boudreau kept saying things like, I hope to see you tomorrow. I hope this is, uh, you know, all going to be okay. And over the last, you know, 48 to 72 hours, it really seemed to heighten up to the point that we found out uh, in the middle of the of the hockey game, or at least I think it was in the middle of the hockey game on Saturday, that this was going to be just completely um, not really the best way you could handle this if you were the Vancouver Canucks. It's cool if you want to, you know, let someone go, but kind of do it in a better way. That would be my take. Yeah, there's been a lot of speculation on this one, not just for a couple of weeks, basically since Vancouver got off to a slow start. But Brock, it even preceded that. Even during the summer, the head of hockey operations for the Vancouver Canucks, Jim Rutherford, basically said, oh, I, I didn't even realize Bruce had a second year on his contract. You know, I don't even know if he's the right coach for this team. He was saying that in the summer before the season already started. So there was clearly um, an incongruence between management and the coach right from the start. Bruce Boudreaux was not Jim Rutherford's hire. Boudreaux had been brought in before Rutherford was hired last year uh, to be to be the head of hockey operations for the Vancouver Canucks. It, it seems like he never liked him. The problem is, Brock, Jim Rutherford has been in the league in a management capacity for well over 20 years. You'd think that he would have been able to better stick handle this you'd think so and you're right i i sort of had forgotten about what had happened in the summer and it started on uh, after hours uh in one of the 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 you know games when when it started it was a preseason game i believe yeah it was it was a hockey night in canada after hours segment with the vancouver gm (laughs) yeah and it was just awful like it was just really and and you're right you could have done this way better i i have been a big fan of jim rutherford i my respect for him has kind of gone down a couple of notches i mean i understand if it's not your hire sometimes these things happen but this has been a pretty awful thing to go through and dave to that point you can even see it on on athletes faces you know when when they finish the game on on, uh saturday you know that's like athletes hold some ownership to this because athletes you know are the athletes who play on the ice and you know perform or don't perform for their athletes or for their coaches whether intentional or not and when it's written all over their face it kind of becomes like one of those questions of like man we we feel this because we you know we're part of the reason this took place and and for the for the fans even to go back to what they did with Bruce there it is when they when yeah. they hired him yeah. you know, first game you know i just thought that that was a classy thing of the fans to do there was all kinds of signs on social media saying we stand with Bruce all those things to be true i just i go back to it this could have been dealt with a much different way than it was. Yeah, not that the comment section on social media should be a representation of the general feeling of the public. There was a lot of Bruce Boudreaux love going on yesterday on comment sections across multiple platforms. Like I was checking TSN, I was checking Sportsnet, I was checking Hockey Night in Canada, CBC Sports, basically across the board in these comment sections, there was a lot of love for Bruce Boudreaux. I don't know if this is it for him. This might be, though. He's He's been around. It's his fourth or fifth NHL stop that he's made as a head coach. He's not been able to have the success that maybe people perceived early in his Washington career. This might be it for Bruce, but people showed him a lot of love. I thought what the Vancouver fans did by chanting his name on Friday and Saturday was just a beautiful, beautiful touch to send him off. I thought the fans... And the fans, hockey fans don't oftentimes uh, carry themselves particularly well in these situations. Hockey fans stepped up in a big way on the weekend. 
You know, and and you took the words right out of my mouth. I I was gonna ask that very question. Do you think this is the last of Bruce Boudreaux? And my answer to that is, I I I would almost think that the way this was handled, some owner out there, you know, upper management is going to give Bruce some sort of crack. Do I think that this is the right reason why you would give someone a crack because you feel bad for the circumstance? Not necessarily, but I have to wonder if at least somebody out there is going to say, you know what, we could handle that situation better. And think about it this way. At least you weren't sent in an Uber uh, <laughs> by, by your organization and just kind of kind of kicked away as the uh, Vegas Golden Knights once did to their coach. Was, so, was, was that Gerald Was that Gerald Gallant they left on the side of the road to catch an Uber? It, uh, that's right. Yeah. So I mean, it always could be worse, Bruce. But I don't. I don't necessarily think that that was the best way you could handle it either way. But I digress. Well, Brock, a couple NFL teams are taking Ubers home after a, a busy weekend, divisional round weekend. Let's get to a bit of a recap here, Brock. Typically, we do chronological order. I'm I'm throwing out the order on you on this one, buddy, because we need to talk about your Buffalo Bills, a team that I lampooned last Monday and told you they were probably going to struggle against Cincinnati because they really laid an egg against the Dolphins. They continued their chickenish behavior by laying more eggs yesterday against the Cincinnati Bengals. Brock, your reaction to the one-time Super Bowl favorite Buffalo Bills heading home. Hey, listen, when you get outplayed by a team offensively, defensively, and everything, and they looked to handle the weather uh, better than you when everyone said, oh, it's going to snow and that'll help Buffalo. Yeah, no. I, I, Dave, I had a really bad feeling when they went down the first drive of the, of the game. I was on the phone with uh, one of my co-hosts, and uh, I just watched it, and I said, man, this doesn't feel good. And he was very positive and said, ah, there's lots of game. And it just didn't feel good from, from the word go. And I think um, Burrow uh, really did kind of say uh, the quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals at the end, you know, when he was questioned about, you know, why were you guys, you know, uh, pushed aside? And he made the remark of, uh, well, you better refund those tickets for the uh, neutral site game because we're playing it. Listen, the better team won that game. There's no doubt about it. And uh, the Bengals are going to be here to stay, and they're gonna they're gonna be a tough out in the AFC for years to come. And I think Kansas City is about to find that out yeah. uh, again this coming week. Brock, um, you were very gracious to me last week and did not rub my nose in the Miami Dolphins losing to your Buffalo Bills. I am not as gracious as you. I need to like lean in a little bit deeper on this because it's three years in a row. It's actually four years in a row. The Bills have had playoff disappointment. The first time was a somewhat surprising trip to the AFC Championship game where Kansas City beat them. Last year was the divisional round where you had the lead with 13 seconds left and eventually lost in overtime to the Kansas City Chiefs. This year losing in the divisional round to the Bengals. Brock, Josh Allen, still a very young quarterback, still a lot of young talent on this team. But does it feel like the Bills are perhaps wasting some window, wasting some opportunity here? Uh, yes, 100%. And listen, you're not... Uh, rubbing my nose in this I am not happy with this I, I think the bills are, are leaving a window here because uh, you know the, the Cincinnati Bengals as I said are going to be there it is not going to be the Kansas City Chiefs Buffalo Bills it's going to be a three-team race mm -hmm. and Buffalo really has to uh, figure themselves out you know I, I can hear the argument of Oh, Von Miller would have made the difference. Well, woulda, shoulda, coulda, my friends. We he wasn't there. He didn't. He didn't play. This is all, whatever. The fact is, we have to be better. We, Josh Allen needs to learn how to manage. You know, weather. You know, to to say that this is, you know, this is going to be an advantage. Cincinnati came and showed you. Uh, this yeah. is an advantage for yeah. us, and we're <laughs> we're okay with this. I I'm a I'm a big supporter of the Bengals. I think the Buffalo Bills really need to uh, lick their wounds, but then get up and kind of figure out where we are, uh, you know, next year and moving forward, because this isn't going to be as easy of a ride as 
some may think for years to come. I do think they're going to be in the top three for a while, but they need to they need to make themselves and show themselves and finally prove themselves that this yeah. year is going to be the year. And the thing, Dave, I don't want to see is I don't want to see well what happens if we we beat you know Cincinnati and then we would have had the top spot and yeah uh, okay none of that is none of that matters at this point because i saw that on social media and i just shake my head it was a circumstance you didn't win go home and be better next year yeah that's that's it go out improve the team and uh, maybe get better cleats to play in the snow because it seemed like the cleats buffalo was wearing weren't working yesterday because newsflash there will be snow in buffalo (laughs) next year and the years after so if you if you don't figure that out well that's too and, bad for you. And don't count on a team from a different cold weather city not being ready for the snow. Like, there is snow in Cincinnati. There's cold weather. They're familiar with it. It's not a surprise to them. Uh, Brock, let's keep into this NFL recap here. Uh, you mentioned the other side of this. Kansas City Chiefs beat the Jacksonville Jaguars in what was a really good game on Saturday. Maybe a, not quite the full coming out party for Trevor Lawrence that I thought it would be as the uh, Jaguars QB, but definitely a close game, an interesting game. But the big concern here, Patrick Mahomes, whether it's a high ankle sprain whether it's a broken ankle whether it's some kind of sprained foot this guy is in a difficult physical shape going into next week's game and he had that same kind of issue in in uh last year's uh divisional round going into the bills he had an injury there as well and came to prove that no i can still do this i i question as to his mobility uh, coming ne- next week, and uh, as we saw, Cincinnati is going to come at you, and they're going to come at him even more because they're going to know that he may struggle with the the ankle, and I have read that it is a high ankle sprain. Whether that means what shape he's going to be in, the Kansas City kept towing the line of, look, he's in better shape than we thought he was going to be the day after. Who knows what that means in sports terms, but... The fact is, is they feel he's going to play to what level? I don't know, but we'll see. Yeah, typically a high ankle sprain will keep you out for three to four weeks. So that's uh, that's definitely an advanced timeline for uh, for Patrick Mahomes to be in a full bounce back shape next Sunday. Let's go to the NFC. Um, I don't think we need to talk too much about the Philadelphia Eagles absolutely blowing the tires off the New York Giants. But I would say that was a statement game, Brock. There were questions about the health and fitness and capability of the Eagles going into the playoffs. I think that criticism has been shut down after a very dominant performance on Saturday nights. If it hasn't been shut down, it should. And uh, I, I look at this and I look at the New York Giants and I say, nice season. You were just beat by a complete uh, better team. I am looking forward to the matchup that will come afoot this, but we can discuss that as the week goes on. But yeah, I'm not necessarily surprised by this result and good on the Philadelphia Eagles. They are coming for the Super Bowl, in my opinion. Yeah, it really speaks to that bye week, that extra week they had off to get some of their guys healthy made a huge difference. You could tell Jalen Hurts, their quarterback, was back to his ways. He was taking huge hits, lunging for first downs. He came to play. That team came to play. Philadelphia is going to be dangerous. But the team they're going to play against is not a pushover. The San Francisco Giants and Dallas Cowboys gave us the last game of the weekend, and they went to war last night in what was a closer game than the final score showed of 19 to 12 Brock I know it wasn't a high scoring game but that was some slobber knocking football right there oh was it ever and you know you talk about you know stretching uh, for first downs in the other game there was a couple there was a few situations of that in that game as well And, and you know what I love the San Francisco 49ers I have been on board with this you know their their offensive one of their coordinators has been in the interview room for a few things and mm-hmm. he, he's he's canceled some interviews and 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 said no i gotta focus on my team i think they need to relook at when interviews take place personally but we can get into that another day but the <laughs> fact is is that brock purdy is unbelievable he's playing like he's gonna be there for a while he's saying no no i i'm here for you know injured quarterback jimmy garoppolo sure but I'm taking charge of this, and if he takes them to the Super Bowl, uh, which is going to be a tough task, you got to ask yourself some questions: Is do do we run this back with 
him as our quarterback because I love what he's able to do. He's never looked like a rookie quarterback in this playoffs. He's looked like he's been there, done that. And as the weeks go by, he's just getting more and more experience as time goes on. I really do believe that he's in tough this week against uh, Philadelphia, but I've been surprised before. But if I was to guess, I would pick Philadelphia um, going to the Super Bowl just because they're a complete team. Yeah, I uh, let you know before the playoffs started that I had San Francisco going and winning the Super Bowl. I'm going to stick with that for now, but that's going to be a war next Sunday between those two teams. Basically, two teams that just want to pound the ball and pound each other. <laughs> that's going to be a fun Sunday afternoon in Philadelphia next next weekend. Hey, Brock, we got to get out of here, but thank you for making a little extra time for us today. You have yourself a wonderful day, and we'll talk to you tomorrow morning. Not a problem. I'll make extra time any day. <laughs> that's Brock Richardson. He is the host of the Neutral Zone, and at the AMI Sports Desk, Alex Smythe is at the AMI Weather Desk. Your AMI National Weather Report from Environment Canada. We're starting off in Cornerbrook, Newfoundland, where, as uh, David listed at the top of the hour, there's more snow set to fall this morning. There's up to five centimeters falling this morning in Cornerbrook. The wind gusts up to 50 kilometers per hour. The high is minus one, and the wind chill minus eight. In Charlottetown, PEI, there's also heavy snow set to fall today with up to 15 centimeters falling down. There's also blowing snow in some parts as wind gusts can reach up to 60 kilometers per hour in the area. The high is 2 degrees and there is the snowfall warning in effect. In St. John, New Brunswick, there's snow changing to freezing rain or rain this afternoon. There's up to 10 centimeters of snow set to fall and also wind gusts up to 50 kilometers per hour. The high is zero, but with the wind chill, it feels a bit cooler at minus five. And there is also that snowfall warning in effect. In Quebec City, Quebec, it's mainly cloudy. The high is minus one, and it's feeling like minus nine. In Toronto, Ontario, it's cloudy with a chance of snow this morning. The high is three degrees, feeling like minus four. In Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, it is mainly cloudy with a chance of snow throughout the day. The high is minus one, but with that wind chill, it's more like minus 10. In Brandon, Manitoba, there's snow off and on today. Wind gusts up to 50 kilometers per hour. The high is minus four, but with that wind chill, it's more like minus 19. In Regina, Saskatchewan, it's a mix of sun and clouds with possible snow this morning. The wind gusts are up to 50 kilometers per hour. The high is minus 5, feeling like minus 15. In Lethbridge, Alberta, it's a mix of sun and clouds today and heavy winds with wind gusts up to 80 kilometers per hour. The high is zero, but because of that wind, it makes it feel like minus 14. In Red Deer, Alberta, it's mainly cloudy today and the high is 2 degrees and the wind chill makes it feel like minus 14. Up in Whitehorse, Yukon, there's snow off and on today. Wind gusts up to 50 kilometers per hour. The high is two degrees as well, but that wind chill makes it feel like minus 11. Over to Kelowna, BC, where there's up to two centimeters of snow set to fall this morning, and then it'll become a mix of sun and clouds later on in the day. The high is minus one, and the wind chill makes it feel like minus 10. And finally in Vancouver, BC, there is rain off and on today. The high is four degrees. And that's your AMI National Weather Report from Environment Canada. Thank you very much, Alex. Coming up next, Apple is reportedly working on a cheaper augmented and virtual reality headset. Marco Flalo will dive into some of that speculation. This is now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. These are busy times at Apple. There are media reports that say the company is ready to take on Google and Amazon by expend expanding its smart home lineup. And the company is also reportedly working on a cheaper mixed reality headset. Here to share more details is Mark Aflalo in Montreal. Mark is the co-host of Double Tap TV. Hey, good morning, Mark. 
Morning, Dave. How are you? I'm pretty good. Let's start with the smart home side of this conversation. The media reports indicate that Apple is planning to expand their smart home appliances. How would you describe the current state of Apple's presence in the smart home market? Oh, God, abysmal at best, probably. <laughs> and that's, you know, thanks to the fact that they have a home app in iOS that's available across all their devices and their computers, and they've got a home pod, and that's pretty much it when it comes to the smart home. That being said, uh, this is the year that we're probably gonna see this change for a couple of reasons. Number one is that Matter, which is this new uh, smart home standard that is not only available in new Apple TVs and in the new home pod that was announced last week, it's gonna be available in pretty much every smart home device that's made from this point forward. This means that interoperability is gonna be a thing amongst all these devices. That and the rumors that Apple is investing more money and more time into actual smart home devices, such as perhaps an iPad style smart home hub that could be fixed on the wall, could be plugged in somewhere and control the devices in your home. And all this really stems from the fact that the HomePod that was announced last week includes some temperature and humidity sensors, which have been there the whole time. They just actually activated them mm -hmm. for the first time, thus leading people to believe that there's going to be more down the road from Apple. So fundamentally, this is about the choice that people want to use as their hub, not necessarily the smart fridges they're going to buy or the smart bulbs they're going to buy. It implies the capacity to make the decision to say, if I'm starting a smart home, I'm going to use an Apple device. Mark, are they almost a little bit too late to the game? Has Amazon maybe carved out too much space by now that it's hard for Apple to actually get in? When it comes to the control element of it, you know, using an Amazon Echo to control your smart home devices or using a Google Home or, or, or you know, Apple HomePod, definitely. That element of it is definitely, I mean, a little bit far gone. That being said, there's a billion iPhones out there, and a billion iOS devices out there. So... <laughs> And the fact that Matter is going to give people interoperability between all these devices, which means that your home app will be able to control all these devices suddenly and any new devices moving forward. That being said, when it comes to new devices, for example, cameras, let's say speakers, let's say doorbells and different accessories, it's never too late. There's always looking, everybody's looking for new options when new locks, new cameras, the latest and greatest. And if Apple does something that is different, that does stand out, then I think they could have or could create a compelling reason for people to hop on board. Yeah, you mentioned the fact that people are already sort of devoted Apple users, that probably helps this process, right? That maybe they already bought one of these one of these home pods but never actually got a chance to set it up or use it. And now if they find out, hey, there's gonna be more stuff coming out and more inter interoperability, they're going to be a little more inclined to take to take that move because they want to keep everything in the same family. You and Steven Scott, your co-host, oftentimes make fun of me because my house is some hodgepodge of a variety of technologies that don't speak to each other. But for people who actually care about these things or do these things properly properly and well, they want that kind of seamless connection. And that hodgepodge that you have in your home is not unfamiliar to a lot of people around the world because there was no real option. You had to go for an Amazon Echo or a Google Home and we use that with your with your Apple device. That being said, that hodgepodge should become a little bit less hodgepodgey with the introduction of these new standards that are coming across the board. You should start to be able to, as, as long as, as when new devices are made available, be able to use those across the board and let them communicate even though they weren't able to before. Yeah, my first... A uh, shipment of a smart light strip is coming this week. My uncle very generously gave me an Echo Show last year for Christmas that I never got around to setting up. He got me an Echo Dot this year for Christmas, and I said, you know what? Uncle John is setting me up for success here, so I'm going to get a, finally get a pair of smart lights. So that's going to be the first step. I've also got an Amazon-enabled TV. So, like, I'm uh -huh. actually, I'm actually, this is getting a little less hodgepodgey and a little more continuous in my house. You just need to get that door locked so that when you unlock the door, the TV turns on to your favorite game <laughs> and the lights turn on in the hallway. Listen, there's ways to automate your life, Dave. This can this can only work out for the best. I, I'm not sure I'm ready for that much automation, but in the meantime, <laughs> at least a little bit of better lighting in my living room could, uh, could get somewhere else. We'll get there. Mark, let's turn to a different Apple story. You and I have been talking a lot about augmented reality and virtual reality headsets, and it looks like there's some speculation about Apple finally releasing releasing a lower cost version of their AR VR headset. Uh, what, what kind of price difference are we talking about here? 
Well, what, we're, what we were expecting is this kind of augmented reality, uh, see-through extended reality headset, which is really more a pair of glasses that just has a display on it. What we're hearing now is that that device, which would probably come to the market in the $3,000 price point is probably on the back burner for now while they focus on a more augmented virtual reality headset similar to the you know the Quest that's out there and similar to like the HTC that we've seen yeah. at a price point that's more affordable and when I say more affordable I'm talking about under $1,500 which is still pretty expensive but considering the fact that we paid that for our phones I don't know if that's expensive anymore these days with inflation but that's the rumor the rumor is that they're putting aside their the dream of this augmented kind of extended just pair of glasses, at least putting on the back burner for now to focus on something that can get to market a little bit quicker so that people start adopting it and start getting it. Yeah. They still have a while to go, I think, before they catch up to anybody else. Because when you look at $399, $499 for some of the offerings in the market now, it's hard to argue with those prices. It's it's really tough to beat the sort of $500 price points on one of these Oculus Quests to say, like, this is at least currently in terms of the commercial standard, this is sort of the standard bearer, right? To say, and say, oh, we're gonna come in at $1,500, you're still almost a little too pricey. And if you don't quite know what you wanna do in the AR and VR space, or you don't know how to monetize it, it's a lot of money to try and get into that hardware game. And and Mark, it, it does strike me that you're mentioning the backburnering of this more expensive model that we've never actually seen. It's only also been in speculation. It really speaks to where maybe Apple doesn't quite know what they want want to be in this space. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's as much as not wanting to know as wanting to make sure they get something to the market before the market gets bored of it. You know, we've seen uh, how Meta or Facebook, you know, released their their MetaQuest Pro at, a, at an almost $3,000 price point, but it's really geared towards business users. There's a clear definition there. And then you look at the, you know, the regular Quest and Quest 2 at under $500. And again, a clear market and there's gaming and there's all that stuff that goes along with it. We still don't know what this is going to come from Apple and whether or not they know, they probably have a good, a pretty good idea, but they definitely know that they have to be affordable in order to get people to buy into it. If you're yeah. not affordable, if you're pricing it out of the market, then you're not going to get the buy-in when you do come out with something <laughs> that is a little bit more appealing, that is a bit more expensive. Well, it's all part of, in, in the case of the, the Meta Quest and the Meta technology and the Oculus Quest and that stuff, that's that's literally the Mark Zuckerberg $100 billion bet on this metaverse saying, we're, oh, willing, yeah. to, we're willing to take a loss on some of this hardware. That, that's been the philosophy in video games for a year. Take a loss on the hardware and make it back on software. This is all part of the Zuckerberg bets. Yeah, 100%. And listen, you know, Zuckerberg, just like Apple, has lots of cash in the bank. There's a lot <laughs> of stuff there that allows them to take some risks that other people can't, like Microsoft, for example, you know? So uh, I'm curious to see where this is going to evolve, but hopefully this is the year. Hopefully we're not just talking about this again yeah. and hoping that we see something. <laughs> hopefully we see something by at least you know, their worldwide developer conference that happens in June. Yeah. That could be a great time to tell people, hey, look what we've got coming up. Here's the time for you to start developing for it. If I had a nickel for every time Stephen Scott has oh used the word Google <laughs> Glass, I would be able to afford one beer at a bar. Uh, Mark, what's coming up on Double Tap tomorrow night? A very special one-hour episode recapping Ooh. everything that came out of CES. Okay, not everything, but as much as we could possibly get to in one hour, because this is a CES conversation that continues for months to come. Oh, wow, that's incredible. Mark, thank you for this. Have a great show tomorrow, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Dave. That's Mark Aflolo. He is one of the co-hosts of Double Tap. You can find Double Tap Tuesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern time on AMI-TV. You can also find them on social media at Double Tap on air, at Double Tap on air. Coming up after the break, Alex Smythe conducts the roundtable, and it's going to be a spicy one. This is now with Dave Brown on AMI-TV. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Ramya Amuthan and Nasreen Abdel-Majid are standing by. Alex Smythe has a very spicy topic for us to discuss. That's right, Dave. Uh, yesterday was National Hot Sauce Day. And since we don't broadcast on the weekends uh, live like we do during the week, I, I figured today would be the perfect time to really dive into this topic because you need to celebrate and talk about all these national 
days for different things in hot sauce. I mean, it, it's really the cream of the crop here. So I, I want to kind of open it up and in honor of the occasion, like what is your favorite way to use hot sauce in a meal? So Ramya, why don't we start with you? Okay, um, I like just seasoning anything with hot sauce, but it doesn't necessarily have to be hot sauce. I'll say that first. Um, I just like making spicy foods and it can be dry spice, it can be uh, pastes and it can be hot sauce. But I think that hot sauce can make your food very interesting. Like a very simple way to do it is just throw in, for example, this is very well known, sriracha into your eggs, right? Like when yeah. you're frying eggs or something. Yeah. So yeah, stuff like that. Um, I also like to experiment and buy different hot sauce. I'm not great with remembering what hot sauces are from where, um, but there are cool places like, I'll come back by the end of the, the round table with this information, but there are cool places that, you know, put together packages of hot sauce that are uh, Canadian made and different regionalities and different spice levels based on the peppers that are being featured and things like that. And I like buying those sets because then you get a variety to experiment with. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nazreen, what about you? You mess around with hot sauce at all? I... Actually, don't. And I hate admitting this because I feel ashamed of saying this out loud because my family's a big fan of hot sauce and everyone I know is a big fan of hot sauce. I think the only kind that I actually eat or uh, have it with food is the Nando's hot sauce. And I don't know if that counts. Does it count? It's like it's like in the vein of a hot sauce. It's a little bit yeah, mild. They're it's, cousins. It's, it's like it's like a mild hot sauce, but it still utilizes a lot of like those those vinegar and like pepper principles. Yeah. It's just a little bit mild. I think it counts, you know, let, let's just let it count. Okay. Um, I think, <laughs> I think that's the one that I'm a fan of. N Nazreen, is this because you oppose spicy food or you just don't like hot sauce? Listen, it depends on the spicy food. Uh, like for example, I love butter chicken. And even if it's so spicy that my stomach starts to hurt or my throat starts to hurt, I will still eat it. I will still just like the, the Doritos, is it the spicy, uh, the chili? Ramya, help me the out. Sweet, the sweet chili heat, isn't that? Ramya, isn't that your favorite? Isn't that your favorite Dorito? Yep. And Thai it's chili one of my anything. favorites as well. And I will sit there dying, and I'll still keep going. Okay, one chip, sip of water. One chip, sip of water. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, so I think it just depends. Um, but it does affect me later on. So I'm yeah. I kind of keep an eye out. Uh, Nazreen, I'm tempted to tease you about the butter chicken because that's like the mildest <laughs> form of curry you can get, but I'm going to move on. I'm, I'm going to be nice to you this morning yeah. because I'm someone who used to really indulge quite heavily in hot sauces and spicy foods until I developed a lot of acid reflux that eventually affected my vocal cords. <laughs> and my doctor was like, you got to tone this down just like a little teensy bit. But I'm someone who loves putting, at this point, like it's more of sort of the medium sauces rather than the hot sauces, but still for like that little bit of kick like for example i made some uh, macro some homemade macaroni and cheese on saturday nights and you better believe there were a couple doses of sriracha tossed yep. in there just to mix it up at the end sometimes a little bit of frank's red hoss sometimes a little bit of cholula i really loved the frank's buffalo sauce the frank's medium buffalo sauce oh man i know it's like super commercial and super like oh you bought that at the grocery store you're not that hardcore but i love that stuff alex what about you you've told us before about your indulgence in the one chip challenge but what about hot sauce more particularly well dave you already got my like uh, mouth like watering just talking about the macaroni and cheese and things like that like i'm i'm all for hot sauces i agree with you though there there has to be the balance i used to be like going to the extreme levels when it came to hot sauce and spicy foods but then it really got to the point where i was feeling it two three four days later and it would be like uh, acid reflux for like two weeks after eating some really spicy wings it's like okay it's not worth it like I can deal with the, like, the after uh, effects of a meal for a day. You get into a couple of weeks and you're still getting the heartburn from the uh, the spicy wings and the spicy sauce. <laughs> okay, it's time to kind of ratchet it down a level. But I agree, like all the different types of sauces are, are so great to mix and match. And there's different styles and, and, and different regionalities of the the spicy sauces as as Ramya alluded to with all the different types of peppers you'll use you'll get different flavor profiles and they work in different foods i yeah. i find like the traditional ones like sriracha and, and and franks 
are phenomenal when it comes to something that's very rich and, and heavy with the dairy and it helps cut through, like you mentioned, the mac and cheese, one of my favorite things to mix it with it. But any type of pasta or anything like that, it gives that nice, like, bold punch to, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm already planning my meals for the day just thinking about this. I didn't think it would get me this hungry, but my stomach is starting to, um, to, to grumble a bit. I'm, I'm having this memory of this diner I used to hang out at in Ottawa where I'd go for breakfast from time to time, and I would get an Eggs Benedict with a side of sausage, and they just knew that I wanted a little bit of hot sauce with that, so they would give me a saucer, a saucer of medium buffalo sauce to pour over my eggs and my sausage and my potatoes in the morning. I can, and they would home make they would home make their own sauce in house. I can already taste that sauce right now. I'm drooling just thinking about it. Um, but Nazreen mentioned this that sometimes there can be a little bit of punishment involved. And Ramya, you said you enjoy spicy food. I'm curious if you guys have an anecdote about a time where spicy food maybe turned the tables on you or turned the table on someone that you knew. Let me preamble this with a story of my own dating back to the wonderful winter of 2007 when my friend Alex Munz, who I referred to last week, was over watching a hockey game with me and we ordered from this buffalo chicken restaurant in Montreal called Buffalo Bills. And as you go down their level of spice on their chicken wings, you finally get to a 911 sauce, which is uh, pretty aggressive, a little too aggressive for my taste, but Munzee is a man who liked to push himself to the brink from time to time. So he gets this big plate of wings and fries and he's picking away, picking away, enjoying it. You know, it's clearly hitting him. He's sweating, he's okay. My cousin Ryan shows up with his girlfriend, Laurence. And Laurence was a very nice woman, but she had a tendency to uh, pick food off people's plates without asking. So she sits next to Alex and grabs one of his chicken wings and just takes two fast bites, pow, pow, pow. And right, we all turn around, because we all know what's about to happen. She turns bright, bright red, and you can see the sweat pouring off her forehead right away. And I, I, I'm going to try to do this justice, but I can't because it's a bit of a falsetto here. Ah! Ah! Sabhul! Sabhul! Which roughly translated means, uh, it's boiling, it's boiling. So her mouth started getting boiled um, by this chicken wing that she probably should have asked if she could have one because Alex would have said yes. But I should warn you, they're very hot. You might want to have one of Dave's. Ramya, have you ever had a sabrul situation? Not for myself, but you talking about your friend reminded me. Um, so we have like a anytime me and a couple of friends hang out, we do just like family style snacks everywhere, right? Chips and whatever. And somebody had donated me a pack of ghost pepper chips, oh. which actually I was doing boss at eating. Okay, I, it wasn't affecting me at all because I'm Sri Lankan and food is spicy, but. My friend who walked in kind of late to the game, she didn't know exactly what snacks were on the table, and uh, heads up, she also has low vision, goes in, reaches for a chip, and it ends up being ghost pepper. She was coughing her lungs out and trying to mutter something, like, you know, probably water, help me, or I'm dying. But we had no idea because we didn't even understand the context. We forgot that the ghost pepper chips were on the table, and there were plenty of chips on the table so we're just like what is going on with her like is she choking on her chip do you want water sarah but anyways after she calmed down which took maybe seven minutes um she told us what the hell is that chip nazreen <laughs> 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 you said you typically try to avoid the spice but you did mention your dorito binging uh scenario what happened have you ever yeah. had a really bad uh, uh spicy food experience Oh, definitely. Um, there's a bunch of times where I would get a hot pepper, but I would think that it's a green pepper. So I'm, I would mix oh, those because it's yeah, the same yeah, texture, yeah. same. Some of them are mini. So I would get the mini um, uh, green peppers and red peppers, you know, those mixed ones, but they're a mini size. So when my mom has them out on the table, um, they love that stuff. So I would take a bite and I would immediately like just get so mad I'm like why would you put them together um but that's the the fun benefits of having low vision Al Al <laughs> alex i've uh, been caught before when i'm trying to do the hot sauce in the mac and cheese thing and people used to give me hot sauce as gifts because they knew i liked it 
I definitely fell into the trap of maybe adding hot sauce that was a little too aggressive into a mac and cheese and ended up having to throw out the mac and cheese and ended up uh, being sick a little bit later. <laughs> Have you ever had a terrible hot sauce experience? Yeah, so uh, let's, I, it, it wouldn't, this, the one I'm going to think of is not hot sauce specific, but when I was in China on my last night in China, we had a full-on traditional meal that had traditional hot pot available. And for anyone who doesn't know, it's basically this like broth full of uh, meats and veggies and other things with a thick like sauce. And on the bottom, it's concentrated chili just sitting on the bottom and you keep adding oil and different things to it, really permeating. If you're smart, you just skim a bit off the top. You get a bit of the spice, but it's manageable. No, of course, me being me and it, oh, I love spicy food. Reached right down, got this like good spoonful oh, of no. concentrated chili. It was the hottest thing I think that I I <laughs> ate consistently. I mean, I, I've done the one chip challenge, but this thing was just sitting, and you could feel it burning into you as you were eating. And then you know, me being stupid and stubborn, I'm gonna keep eating this thing. I'm cleaning this plate, okay? Like this is I ordered it. I make the choice. I live with it. <laughs> In hindsight, uh, maybe not the best thing to eat the day before you have to take a 12, 15 oh, no. hour flight no, back no, home. No, 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 no. Oh, I, I was fine for the flight, but the entire night I was up, constantly going back and forth. My stomach was not settling at all. It settled about maybe an hour before my flight when I was at the airport and I, I kind of oh, looked around goodness. and was like, uh, I think I'm okay. <laughs> I, I think I'm okay. <laughs> uh, certainly East Asian food has that reputation, whether it be Thai food, Vietnamese, Ch Vietnamese food, Chinese food. But I've got to say, if there's one style of food that I know is going to hit me with spice, and oftentimes I regret what I put on the menu when I say, oh, no, 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 I can handle hot, is typically South Asian food. I love South Asian food, and I like I like it spicy. And I've learned since moving to Toronto that Torontonians have a different version of what hot is than Ottawans did. So it turns out living in Toronto, I'm a medium person. Uh, Nazreen, is there a particular style of food that you find is always especially spicy? Uh, yeah, South Asian, I would agree with that. Uh... 100%. <laughs> Ramya, what, what about you? Uh, I, I'm showing a little bit of vulnerability here when I say, oh, I can handle spicy food. Yeah. But uh, in Toronto, I need to be a little more careful with telling, uh, especially South Asian chefs, just how much I can handle. Yeah, it's very recent that when you go to, especially Sri Lankan places, I will say most Indian food I consider mild compared to Sri Lankan oh food. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> but I'm telling you because it's only been very recently that Sri Lankan places will actually give you an option for mild, medium, and hot. You used to just walk in and you get what you get and it's hot. <laughs> um, but, but for my answer, though, of what I find spicy, like... Um, really too hot to handle usually is West African food. So I have a lot of like Ghanaian friends and Nigerian friends and there are dishes that are so mild, right? And and everybody eats them and they're very popularized. But then there are other dishes like light soup or peanut soup where people, like depending on whose home you eat it at, they will go from like you can't feel your tongue at all. Oh my you gosh. Know, it, you cough at first sniff, <laughs> that kind of thing to, yeah, we make it reasonably mild because we know you can't handle it. <laughs> well, I like this. Okay, now I've got to get some West African food to uh, eat and mark yes. on the menu specifically. He needs it mild. He needs it mild. Um, Alex, this is a spicy topic. Well done. Yep. Thank you. No, it's always great to dig in. Oh, there I'll go. Nazreen, <laughs> you have yourself a nice afternoon as well. Thank you, too. Ramya, before we say goodbye to you, what's coming up on Kelly and Ramya this afternoon at 2 p.m. Eastern time? Okay, before that, I wanted to shout out Lucifer's House of Heat. That's the place I was trying to refer to where Lucifer's you can um, House order of hot heat. sauce. Okay, yeah, all right. Great hot sauces. I, okay. hope, I hope Daniel Penamondo is taking notes. I think he already probably knows it. He's a connoisseur. <laughs> <laughs> so the NFL just concluded their division uh, roundup matchup. So we're going to talk about that and how they're moving on with Brock Richardson on our sports update. We're also checking in with community reporter in Ottawa, Kim Kilpatrick, and she has a couple of things to handle. Um, one thing specifically is this year's Winterlude. So I'm excited yeah. to talk about that. Just missed it on my trip. Too bad. Um, and how does our government decide what celebrations days to call statutory and we're going to dive into this with danielle mclaughlin on know your rights danielle lives her life with no fear rumia thank you for this have a great day <laughs>
Thank you. That is Ramya and within the co-host of Kelly and Ramya, which comes your way at 2 p.m. Eastern time on AMI-audio and AMI-tv. Speaking of K&R, AMI and Tempur-Pedic are teaming up to celebrate the launch of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-tv. It's been a few weeks now. Be sure to enter for your chance to win a Temper Pro Adapt mattress. The Dream Big Contest runs until February the 8th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern time. And to enter to win this mattress that's valued at almost $3,000, ami.ca slash krcontest, ami.ca slash krcontest. That's the Dream Big Contest. That runs till February 8th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time. Coming up after the break, I land this plane and we say goodbye to you for the day. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. There have been lots of questions posed to you today. For example, the Daily Poll, which is where we started the show, at Accessible Media on Twitter, at Accessible Media Inc. on Facebook, you were asked, what is the most important feature of a good public transit system? Frequency of buses and trains, low cost, well-designed routes, or security? So you're encouraged to vote on the poll on social media or chime in via email, feedback at ami.ca, feedback at ami.ca, or via telephone, 1-866-509-4545. That wasn't the only question that was posed to you today, though. At the top of this hour, you were asked, if I could guarantee your safety, what kind of lethal animal would you snuggle? I said bear. Brock Richardson said tiger. Alex said snow leopard. Genuinely curious to know what kind of lethal animal you would snuggle. That's, of course, after some wolf spottings in northern Saskatchewan. Don't try and snuggle that wolf. I cannot assure you your safety. I'm too far away. And, of course, in the last segment, you were asked, what's the best way to consume hot sauce? What's the food that hot sauce just makes pop? In all these cases, you can send in responses on social media by tagging us at Accessible Media Inc. on Facebook, at Accessible Media on Twitter. You can also send those emails. I'm always encouraging you, you gotta send those emails and put Now with Dave Brown in the subject line feedback at ami.ca, feedback at ami.ca, or again, that phone number to give us a ring ding ding. 1-866-509-4545, 1-866-509-4545. Give us permission to play your voicemail on the air, and that's exactly what we'll do. When you go back to that email route, feel free to also take a selfie video. Take a selfie video and send that to us. We'll put your beautiful face on national TV from coast to coast to coast on the mighty airwaves of AMI-tv. Don't forget, we'll be back again tomorrow morning. At 9 a.m. Eastern Time, accessibility reporter Megan Gilmore will be here. You'll also catch up with Nelson Rago from Cool Blind Tech, and we'll have the weekly news quiz. Until then, I'm Dave Brown, reminding you to play safe, play fair, but don't forget to have some fun. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.